You're listening to the Awkward High Five Podcast. You can follow along in your book. You'll know it's time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. El Guapo is on his way. Someday the people of this village will have to face El Guapo. We might as well do it now. In a way, all of us have an El Guapo to face someday. For some, shyness might be their El Guapo. For others, a lack of education might be their El Guapo. For us, El Guapo is a big dangerous guy who wants to kill us. But as sure as my name is Lucky Day, the people of Santa Poco can conquer their own personal El Guapo, who also happens to be the actual El Guapo. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, Bear for Shark. You're gonna, you're gonna get us killed. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Awkward High Five podcast. I'm Devin. And I'm Richie, but Dev, why are we under the desk with the lights off and whispering? He's here, dude. He's here. <laughs> Who's here? Our arch nemesis, the KB. I know it. I know he's here. He's here. <laughs> How is he here? He's not here. When I was coming in the studio today, I checked the A High Five mailbox to get all our fan mail, and there was a fucking doll that looked like me with a knife in it. And a note that just said you. Really? Yeah. And the strangest thing, no fan mail. Yeah, we ever get that shit? <laughs> well, well, no, but I had a really good feeling about today. Anyway, dude, he's here. I, I can feel it. He's here. He's going to strike soon. Dev, I think you're overreacting. I don't know, man. I get the fucking doll with the knife in the mailbox all the time. It's usually just uh, ex-girlfriend or someone I owe money to. Can't do this whole show down here. Let's just get up and turn the lights on and start this fucking show. <sighs> okay. If you think we'll be fine. Yeah, put them shits on. All right. I'm going to turn on the lights. I'm All turning right. on the lights right now. Okay. Shh. I'm turning on the lights. Holy shit, dude. There's a right. dot on your forehead. He's got a sniper rifle. <laughs> Richie, get down. Richie, Dev, get down. Dev, relax. <sighs> relax. I put that shit there. What? You know I've been going through the little Gwen Stefani, just a girl face thing lately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it, your outfit is a little bananas. But, but whoa, whoa, whoa. What <laughs> yeah. is that in the window over there? What? what it's, there's somebody in the window over there, dude. It's him. It's him. It's him. It's behind Dev, the curtains. He's Dev. saying it's him. <laughs> Come on, man. You know that's my cardboard cut out of Ted dancing. <laughs> you know I rocked the one I took from him, that set of three men and a baby. I bring that shit everywhere. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, let's start the show, Sam I guess. Alone. So, welcome to... Whoa, 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 wait, what is that what? in the tree? There's something in the tree. Oh, my God, is that him? Is <laughs> he hanging himself? He looks like he's jumping out of a tree and hanging himself, dude. Devdor, holy shit, bro, relax. That's my pet emu. Oh. Sometimes when she's near the tree, it looks like a midget hanging himself, you know that thing? Yeah, the pet emu. <sighs> Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, you're right. Sorry. I'm sorry. I just guess I'm overreacting. I just, you know, I just never had an arch nemesis out to destroy me and my podcast before. So I'm just a little tense right now, you know? But I guess you're right. Let's just get the show started, you know? Let's, you know what's even funny, man? It looks like you have a tranquilizer dart sticking out of your neck. Must be part of that whole 90s ska motif you got going on. Nope. That was him. He just shot a tranquilizer dart into my neck and ran away. Well, why aren't you unconscious then? Because it's going to take more than a trank gun to knock down RTG. Rich, those are the things they <laughs> use to knock out elephants. No, I could party harder than an elephant. Wait. Wait, there's a note attached to this, too. Hang on. Let me take a look. Let me take a look. Oh, another uh, death threat. Nope, this one's short. It just says... Love note. See you next Friday, shitbags. Okay, anyway, I guess we're still of the hunted. I don't, I don't know what to do about that, but our arch nemesis is, is getting all up in our shit. <laughs> yep. Um, At least you didn't break any windows. Anyway, let's just do the show. Welcome to the Awkward High Five Podcast. My name is Devin. I'm Richie. Um, thanks for listening to us. We are actually doing this on a Saturday. I don't know how many of you people out I called out. <laughs> you did. You were the first official call out of the Awkward High Five podcast. You did file for a day off once for the Nets game. That was before we went live, my friend. That was when live, never live. That was, well, you know, before we put the shit up. That was that was when we were all willy nilly just seeing if this could even work. But you're right. I did right, I did call right. out once. Okay, so we're even. You got a call out. I got a call out. Mine was for the Mets game. 
Yours was for a medical issue for somebody that you know very well, and it's a little bit more serious. Everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Okay. But see, I, I made up for the day off the next day. If I... I get, I get a plus one. Oh, half. yeah, you're right. You are making it up right mm-hmm. now. If there is anybody out there who uh, who is, like, big enough <laughs> listeners of this program, and I doubt it, that you know our schedule, because we normally put out episodes every, <laughs> yeah, right. every Tuesday night and Friday night. want to kill us. <laughs> I apologize. Um, that there was not an episode last night. We're making that up now, um, right now on Saturday, because we are committed to giving you people at home the finest experience, the finest podcast experience that there is. But Richie did have a little thing go on last night. We couldn't get together. We couldn't do the thing. And you got to uh, you get to experience our little acting skills right there. Oh yeah. Well, that wasn't acting, my friend. There was a doll with a knife. <laughs> there was a fucking doll with a knife in it, and it said "you." I oh, swear yeah. to God. In our I a high five mailbox. <laughs> That arch nemesis, though, it looks like he is unre- he, he will not relent. Nope. And w- was there anything in the mailbox? Did you really go to the mailbox? Yes. No. Let's no. talk about the mailbox. No. We have a mailbox. We actually did. <laughs> we actually got an email. We get emails all the time. I, you know, it's going to surprise you now, Richie. But most right. people um, send. That's how people talk. People send mail what they call electronically, which Oof. is email. That's it's rank. it's uh, the, the other mail, which is now uh, politely referred to as snail mail. I know that's how you. I know that's how you get in touch with me. That's how we're always out of sync on the show. Is you know, I'll, I'll text have, messaging is for the children. <laughs> you always, uh, you always write me a letter, scrolled up with a little thing, and then have a, a, a pigeon send it over. I do, and just so you ladies out there know, I still write love notes on fine stationery, <laughs> but um, and little ones by the bedside. But most people email <laughs> us. So uh, we do have an email that uh, that um, that we will get to in a little bit because it was an interesting topic, kind of off of what we were talking to, and we'll come back to that. Um, how are you doing? How's everything? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Sorry about the tardy, but no, it's okay. That's fine. I came uh, back. This is a podcast. Nobody knows. I know. Let's tell them. There might I was be late. There might be two a people. Late. There might be two people out there that last night were like, "Why isn't there a new?" Imagine AI? that. I wonder if that happened. Uh, well, if there is, thank you for being yeah, being, being awesome in touch with the a high five. But um, we are uh, we are doing this is kind of a pregame right now, although we're not drinking. Yeah, I wish we were drinking. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. But um, we're going to a concert together. Mm-hmm. This is the first concert that we've gone to together in a very, very, very long time, right? The last one can't be the last Get Up Kids show, was it? That was ten years ago. I, I mean, I've seen them multiple times since then, but the the one in Starland. Yeah, I haven't seen them after that. No, that was the last time I saw them. Well, anyway, we're going to. Uh, we ain't got no place to go. Let's go to the kind of punk rock. But <laughs> yeah, maybe, I was wondering what you were gonna say there. Maybe more in the emo, but yeah. I just call it regular Country rock emo. because I don't want to admit that I've ever listened to an emo band show. Um, what is your definitely gonna be a plaid shirt or two? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there there might be some swoopy hair, yeah. and uh, is that even a thing anymore? Do kids even dress that way anymore? I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything. Mm. All I know is real skinny jeans, long boards, and like. Yeah, Ray but those Vans. are those are what are referred to as hipster kids. They don't listen to the ghetto kids. The ghetto kids are already like you an older. Bi- yeah, they're they're not they're not yeah, cool. We're, yeah, we're they goats. are not cool. We're all goats. What is your? Um, I was thinking about this today because I I don't know why I always do this with music, but I always tend to rate I like shit, you know. So I was okay. I was I was getting ready for the show tonight, listening to some gay K G U K fucking albums, and uh, I asked myself, and I wanted to ask you, uh-huh. what is your favorite ghetto kids album? Okay. Um... My favorite Get Up Kids album is definitely Guilt Show. Guilt Show, really? Out yes. of all of them? Yes. I would see, I thought that you were immediately going to say something to write home about. No, that that was my, you know, mind battle. But also, uh, what's it called? Oh, On a Wire. Right. On a Wire. This is what I was going to say. I expected you to say something to write home about because, I don't know, 99.999% of the time you ask people what their favorite Ghetto Kids album is, right, they say right. something to write home about. And be. and you know what? And I'm going to say it. That is my favorite Ghetto Kids album. It's an awesome I album. Fucking, yeah. there's, they haven't made a better album than that if you're really going to look at it, although I think all their albums are great, including the last one, even though there was kind of more of a New Order 80s electronic kind of thing. But um, I was going to mention On a Wire because I don't think that there has ever been an album that I listened to that that uh, I changed, I did a 180 on as much as On a Wire. What do you mean by that? So basically, when Something to Write Home, something to write home About came out, um, that was like a big thing, you know what I mean? Like, it, like every, that, that album just blew up, everybody loved it, rightfully so, it's an amazing yeah, yeah. album, well-crafted album. And I fell in love with that album so much 
that I couldn't wait to hear the next Get Up Kid out, Get Up Kids album, which oh, yeah. I which I expected to be something to write home about part two. Mm-hmm. And then they put out this slow, almost kind of like country weird album, you know, with like all these ballads and all this crazy shit going on. So uh, when I heard that when it came out as a, as a younger chap, and what, what are you classifying as the country album on a uh, on a wire? That was right, a, but the Guilt Show came out before on no, a wire and no, after absolutely something not. Ran, no, what? something right home about on a wire then Guilt Show. And uh, and are you sure about one hundred percent positive? When did On a Wire come out? It was the next album after after something right on about. Yeah, but when? I, I don't know the exact <laughs> years, but I'm telling you. And so anyway, so I so I thought I'm gonna have to put money on that wager, Devin. Really? Yeah. How much? I know you don't have any money, I, but I'll gladly take all of it. I'll, I'm gonna say I will. I will. <clears throat> I will bet you a beer. Okay. One fine malt beverage it has to be malt. No. Oh, okay. I was no. like, we're betting forties. No, it doesn't have to be. Um, at the Stay show down, tonight, please. Uh, it's I don't even have to look it up because I know I'm right. But anyway, what I, what I was saying is um, what what I was trying to say is that I was so disappointed in that album when it came out mm-hmm. that uh, that I like listened to it once or twice and I was like ah. But then I for some reason I guess there was enough on there that I kind of like pushed myself through. Like I kept listening to it because I was like at least this is something from a band that I really really like. And then after about five or six listens to it. I became obsessed with that album. Really? And it's now my second favorite by far. You know, like it's almost up there with something right home about. And they're two completely different albums. Um, but uh, but I, that got me thinking how funny that is uh, when shit like that happens. Because a lot of my favorite albums, I guess what I'm trying to say, are albums that I might not have liked at first. Have you ever had yeah. that happen? Well, that happens with a lot. I mean, I don't know about complete albums, but it always happens with songs. Like, sometimes songs are so good that it takes you a minute to really understand it, you know? Right. Because that that song was always there, and no matter how long it take, took you to like it, you understand how good it is. You know what I mean? Right. But, like, when that album came out, <clears throat> I didn't compare it to the other albums. I just liked it because it, it took me a while to like it, like it the way, like, as big as it did in my head. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But uh, once I did, I, I there were songs on that album that I absolutely hated. Like on those, on a wire, yes. Okay, like those like like uh, Kansas the, Campfire that song. Hate it. Yeah, hate, that's one song that I still hate off that album. I love There's it. There's a song on that they, album. They will play that. That's tonight, kind of. They probably will. That's kind of like that song, but I ended up really liking it. It almost reminds me of like a Beatles song in a way. It, it's something about um like uh. Um, I, What's the hook? Sing the I'm hook. over the worst ideas when everything yeah. comes, and it's like a lot of keyboards. Yeah, and shit, it, it like kind of does that. That Doors kind of organ, organ yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a carnival thing. Now that I get that song, it is fucking amazing. That good song. song. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what pulled me back into that album. Is the songwriting is really, really good. You know, I wanted a more upbeat kind of like with some breakdowns yeah, and stuff song. like kind yeah. of thing. But they gave they gave a completely different thing, and and I appreciate when bands do that. That's one of the reasons I love Bowie so much. Is because every album is so different when bands go in different directions and are willing to lose an audience that's the craziest thing about it it has to be good though yeah right yeah. exactly you have to that shows confidence in an artist right. you know so right. like it's amazing so the, and they could have easily like i said just made something right home about part two and put out an, an extension of that album you know with songs which i'm sure would have been great or whatever yeah. you know but they decided they wanted to go in this direction. They went in it. And, and even though for me it didn't work at first, it ended up working really, really well because mm-hmm. now I listen to that album all the time. You well, know? that's why I think the Guilt Show was kind of like a nice transition into it because I think the Guilt Show came out in between there. It didn't, though. Why? You got the facts yeah, of right course. there? What does it say? Something Ran Home Bell came out in 1999. On a Wire came out in 2002. Guilt Show came out in 2004. Are you serious? Yeah, I know that. I know. Uh, Guilt Show came out in 2004? Yeah. I, why, then why do I associate the Guilt Show with college? Uh, you don't. You because we graduated in two thousand and three. You associate the guilt show with us driving around in the van, listening to that album what? in different states of the United States of America, and that's what we did. And that was in two thousand and four. So anyway, what? All right. Yeah. What? I'm telling you. Damn, my memory failed. Yeah, that's weird. See, that's yeah. the only time that you're. Yeah. I know. I don't know why. I've always had like a thing where I like you know like I could tell you fucking with bands. I don't know. I'm like one of those nerds that read shit all the time. <laughs> you read the like booklet. So anyway, my whole point of that was, that it, like, I, I think that that's kind of a universal thing. It's like, like I think there, as far as albums go, and I don't even know how many people actually listen to full albums anymore. I know I sure as hell do. But, um, but like... There, yeah, probably nobody, though. <laughs> there's been a lot of albums that I could think of that I didn't... Another one. I want to know another one. Uh, let me see. Any punk rock albums do that to you? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like that's more of like a musical type thing. Well, do you have any? Let me, th- let me think of one. Uh, that I didn't like at first, but now I love it? Yeah. 
Uh, and you gotta like love it. You know all right. I mean? Oh, I, you know what? I could give you another um, one. I could give you another one. Oh, I know a band that does that to me. Yeah. What, you want me to tell you? Yeah. Oh, Coheed and Cambria. Okay. They always do that to me. You I'm listen to like, first. What is this crap? And then I'll listen to it. I'm like, holy shit. And you're like, that YIO was that the best YIO of all man. time. Um, Dude's got more talent in a finger than a lot of I'll people. give you an album that did it to me in, in almost the same way that On the Wire did it to me was uh, Potemkin City Limits by Propagandi. Okay. I was so I was so fucking into uh, today's Empire's Tomorrow's Ashes when that came out, and uh, that's still one of my favorite albums by them. That when Potemkin City Limits came out, it almost sounded like a metal record. That's exactly what I was going right. to say. Yeah, compared exactly. like like uh, today's Empire's, and I'm sorry for anybody who is out there don't know these bands. We'll get through this quick. <laughs> yeah. But uh, today's Empire's had such a uh, such melody over the songs, even though they were still hard songs. There was like all melody and everything. And then it seemed like Potemkin City Limits really didn't have that. It was more straightforward, kind of like almost like metal songs, you know? And it took me a while to get around to that. But once I did, that is now one of my favorite albums. Really? Yeah, yeah, by far. You know, like hands down. It definitely rips the fucking walls off. No yeah, doubt. right, right. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And I, you know, and I, I still loved it when they had that bassist guy. And I was like, <laughs> oh, from the weaker things. I love John, that dude. John K. Samson. I love his voice. Yeah, I love him too. That's why I like the weaker things. And yeah. they're and they're done. They just they just uh, really? called it quits. Called it a day. But um, yeah. I mean, I think He's unique. Even if you have like uh like have you ever had like say you have an album that you love. And sometimes songs that might be your least favorite song on that album end up becoming your favorite song on that album. Have you ever had that uh, happen to you? Maybe it has. It sounds like an extreme jump. Oh, really? But I'm sure maybe there's something similar to that has happened. But I can't think of one that's, you know, went from really, a, you know, completely hate to completely love. Not completely like hate. That, that Get Up Kid song is a good example because I could think of it because it's, you know, we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, that's right? a good example. And then but, you're... And then you were like, oh, it shit, did this is It become my good. favorite song in the world. Yeah, But, right. like, you know, I'm like, holy shit, it's a great song. I've spent so much time with albums that I love sometimes that that has happened to me, you know? So it's been like, it's been like, oh, you know, I like these six songs. And there's three songs that are kind of like I considered filler and I might skip over if it yeah, whatever or yeah. something like that. And then I listen to the album so much, so much, so much, so much that sometimes those other songs that I considered filler end up becoming one of my favorite songs in the album because maybe I, I didn't overplay them mm. or something like that. You know what's weird about albums all right so let's let's say the average rock album is like what 13 14 songs let's say yeah it's normally like throw out a number 12 to 15 whatever like around that number is a good a good example for what i'm gonna say for some reason let me know if you do this too so i know i'm not a psychopath for some (laughs) reason i'm just gonna tell you right now you are a fucking psychopath when i when i buy a record and i look at the order of numbers of the songs right okay I'll pre-classify the songs based on their position on the album. Almost like it's a lineup for a baseball team. Like, I'll think in my head, like, tracks two and tracks three are going to be the bomb. Track four is going to kill it. Then it's going to get into, like, the weaker side. Like, it's just the way I picture an well, album you be. Because you've, you've, you've made albums before, and you know what it's like to put together a, a, a playlist for an album. I so that you're, so. You're, just, you're just seeing that as an artist, and that makes sense. Oh, okay. you know? right. I do that with live bands all the time. I'll do that tonight when we're at the show tonight, because I, I spent so such a large part of my I, life writing, know if they're, if writing they're set, set lists. Yeah. yeah, that you know there has to be a certain flow to it. So I always judge set lists yeah. all the time. Yeah, no, I, I get that. You know that works. So you're like you're like oh this song is batting cleanup or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, Christy Rhodes batting cleanup. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's the, yeah. Uh, now I'm thinking about their set tonight. I, I'm trying to think of like what songs they'll run into each other. You know. Well, I break. just I just saw the Get Up Kids back in March, so I, I know this is going to be a bigger show because do the, they take a lot of breaks or no? No, they go from song to song. Yeah, pretty much. Good. Yeah, they don't. They don't ever talk that good, much. Good. But this is gonna be a bigger thing because this is like their twentieth anniversary. We'll, we'll oh, stop okay. talking about the Get Up Kids because I yeah, guarantee yeah. you, there's a million. Every a million. There's a bunch of people yeah. listening to this going, "Who the fuck is even is that band?" Uh, well, then they'll or check it out. Bunch, and they're like, "Holy shit, that band's awesome." Or <laughs> or there's a bunch of people going, "Fuck that stupid fucking." That band gets have any metalheads in our that audience. band gets a lot of hate from people. Does it? Yeah, a really? lot of hate. I personally. I fucking love them. I love yeah. them. So speaking of music, I guess I'll just get right into the uh, the email, which I thought was interesting. And this is another thing that I've talked about music. So so um, a, a listener of ours and um, somebody we kind of know, uh, uh, Stan, who he's been nice enough. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been nice enough. I think he played bass. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. From what I remember, than a fellow musician, then mm-hmm. um, he uh, he's been listening to the show uh, and he's been nice enough to send feedback uh, and, and stuff like that. Um, contributor to the show, and uh, he sent me an email a few days ago, and I guess he had just listened to 
I guess we were talking about Nirvana and '90s Man, so that might have been. Oh yeah, that might have been sure two ep- two episodes ago or something yeah, like that. Some. So he said last episode's discussion about '90s bands reminded me that that was the last time major label bands had any substance. I would agree mm-hmm, with that. Absolutely. It also made me think about Nirvana. Like you guys, I've loved Nirvana since I first heard them. To turn a Neil Young lyric into a question, and this is also what Kurt used in his suicide note, is it better to burn out than to fade away? Nirvana has such a small catalog. If Kurt didn't commit suicide and they came out with another five plus albums, do you think we'd still have the same affection for them? And that's an amazing question. That is an amazing question. Because it's true. And and, uh, when people die young... Their legacy lives on farther and harder than bands that stick around and fl- and kind of you know, um, but it's weird that that happens. You like know? Kurt is just bigger than life at this point because he died when he was twenty seven. Yeah. It's the same thing if Jimmy had- and the small catalog that Stan mentioned. Like if he put out like fifty albums. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's the same reason that people love the uh, are still obsessed with Jim Morrison and the Doors, yep. or Janis Joplin, mm-hmm. or any of those people. Um, and and it's a weird phenomenon. <laughs> Poor Winehouse. <laughs> no one gives a shit about that. Well, give that fart. give that time. That'll, that'll come around. <laughs> I still haven't watched that documentary. I'm playing. I'm playing. I feel bad. Rest in peace, girl. But <laughs> that's your girl. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. And and so like like I was gonna say with Jimi Hendrix, you know. I consider Jimi Hendrix the best guitar player of all time. Um, I know a lot of guitar players consider him that. Mm-hmm. But the question is there in the same kind of way as this is is if he just now would... I don't even know how old he'd be now. Probably like in his <laughs> 70s. Metal. In his yeah. 70s or something. But if, if he was just that old dude now playing in New York City every weekend at, at some club playing jazz music with a piano player or something like that, like let's let's say like um like BB King ended up doing, right? You could just go into the city and see him whenever you wanted and stuff like that yeah, yeah. into his eighties, would we still hold Jimi Hendrix in the same, mm. you know, because there there would have been so many, you know, that kind of thing. And it's the same thing with Nirvana. And it's a really good question. And I, I think the universal answer is no. You know, because let's yeah. just take Rolling Stones as an example. What he did say, though, in his question was, would we have the same affection for Kurt? Right. I, is he referring to we as, let's say, me, you, and him sitting around talking? Or is he referring to we as the public who loves Kurt Cobain? Um, because I know, shit, I, it's hard to say because it's not the future. You know what I mean? But I feel like I would have the same amount of affection for him. I, don't, I didn't build any affection on Kurt based on the fact that he killed himself young. You know what I mean? Because I loved Nirvana before he killed himself. Okay, yeah, I get that. But but see, the thing is, is that Nirvana never. And I'm playing the devil's advocate here because I hear you. you know. But but Nirvana never gave us a reason to not like them. They never put out a bad album because they ended so soon. Okay, yeah, they the never album got. Thing a, I see. Yeah, you see if what they I'm put saying? Out a shitty record. It would have been like, yikes! What happened? To like Nirvana? like can now i know me and you are both bigger nirvana fans than we are pearl jam fans and that's more because because of the music but let's just use those bands because they're so intertwined with each other okay um if eddie vetter had died at 27 Mm -hmm. and they had only put out uh um fucking 10 in verses yeah and then nirvana went on and put out another infinite amount of fucking records would pearl jam be looked at as the major no, band. No, absolutely not. You don't think so? No. Okay. Because in my mind, Pearl Jam did die after Versus. Well, they might as well have went down in a plane because I don't give a shit about Pearl Jam <laughs> post-Versus. <laughs> right. I'll take a call. Like, if they sang a couple Vitalogy songs on their deathbed, that's one thing. But I could do without Vitalogy as well. Yeah, I could. I can honestly say Vitalogy was the last uh, album of theirs, I think, that right. I even listened to. I'll t- if, if I was stranded on a desert island, I would take fucking... Well, it's hard because of incesticide, but let's just say I'll take Nevermind in Utero, 10, and Versus. That'd be a killer desert island. Oh, out of those two bands, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was your desert island choice. You know what I mean? Um, like versus, uh, after Versus, Pearl Jam may as well. They may as well transform into different people and nah. start a new band because I don't give a shit what they play. So wait, you got to bring four albums out of the two bands? <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's the criteria that you threw up here? Yeah, incesticide threw me for a loop, but I just wanted to make it even. You know what I mean? I would say... That would just be a classic, mm, classic rip. Let me see. If I had to choose four albums to bring on a desert island from both Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Yeah. Um, I would choose Definitely in Utero, Definitely Nevermind, Incesticide, and then I guess I would choose. Oh, yeah, that's right, Bleach. Wait, why are you allowed to take on Nirvana? <laughs> because I don't give a fuck about Pearl Jam. <laughs> 
Ever now you're breaking the rules. Uh, no, if I you said I have to choose four albums from those two bands, I you did. They just happen to be from one band. You know. What I okay, fine. I, you could take you could take Incesticide and give me verses. Okay. I could listen to verses. Uh, I could listen to Glorified I'll let J. I just lie with one Pearl Jam. Of course, listen to Glorified J. What about the first song on the record? Remember that? Bing 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 bing. Don't yeah. go on there. Yeah, yeah. That song is <laughs> That's that song, isn't it? No, it's a different one. Why would you want a rapper? That's the second song. Oh, really? Yeah. The yeah, first song is just. Wait, what's the one where he goes? Whoa! Oh God! I'd rather breathe. I'd rather breathe. That's animal. Right, That's the second jam. Uh, okay, I like. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. You know what happened? You know what happened <laughs> with Pearl Jam? And whether Pearl Jam fans want to fucking admit it or not, is that uh, if, if they listen to ten, that's like kind of like just a. I don't know. It's kind of like a safe album, you know. Like yeah. it might have sounded. Every song is one word. Like, m- yeah. House, garden, right. porch, walkway, well, street. Have a beautiful life. <laughs> but uh, but fucking um, like that was a safe album. It might have sounded a little edgy then because it was coming out of that Seattle sound that nobody knew about or whatever. But that was a fucking safe album. And what happened is they heard Nevermind and they were like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. We need and then and then is it a fucking coincidence that the next four and five songs on their next album? Yeah, but then ten come out after Nevermind. But they were probably recording around. I'm the talking same about time. verses, because oh, verses is as close to punk as Pearl Jam ever came. Oh yeah, verses was ripping. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what they did. Is they heard they heard Nirvana, and then you know what I mean. And oh, then they were like, they're like, our verses. next album, we got oh, okay. it. Okay. But here's another thing: they had a chance to hear Nirvana when Ten was being recorded. Yeah, but they were already wrote those songs probably back in Mother Love Bone. Yeah, days. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were old jams, and they were and like, then verses came. Yeah, they're like, we gotta step it up a notch and wrote Rats. <laughs> <laughs> Stop with that fucking face. <laughs> they came out with rats. And Eddie, <laughs> and Eddie Vedder was like, I don't care. They were in a meeting one day, and Eddie Vedder was like, I don't care what you guys think. We're putting a live on this album. I, that is my song. You don't understand. I had a bad dad, and I need to write songs about it. Yeah. If you take away the absentee dad, you take Sat away my whole room angle. made that dumb face with his chin out. <laughs> and now, if you excuse me, there's a cargo short sale around the corner, and I'm going <laughs> to go buy a bunch of cargo shorts. hang from the rafters. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, but yeah, that versus record, man. Rat, Vetter was like, "How fucking punk can we get rats?" <laughs> Which one is rats? He's just like rats in my house, rats <laughs> oh, in my yeah. pants, rats in my face. <laughs> but it, isn't versus also have elderly woman behind a counter in a yes. small store in a small yeah. town? Yeah, versus is definitely a mixed bag. I remember that. Uh, I remember um, this was a very cool thing when Versus came out. What year was that? We, Nine three. Yeah, so I was thirteen years old, mm. and um, I was up in my room doing whatever, and it was midnight. And my mom came up into my room, and she was like, "Put on your shoes. I got to bring you someplace." This is oh yeah, they went, went, went yeah yeah yeah, right? yeah yeah. And uh, and I was like, "What's going on?" And she brought me around the corner to uh, um what used to be obviously it's not there now anymore. and then records now and then records at nice. Airport Plaza in Haslin, New Jersey. Good name drop. And they and they um had a midnight release of verses from Pearl Jam. She knew that I was kind of a Pearl Jam fan. She brought me there. We waited online, me and my mom, and then she bought me the got tape. The CD. And I remember compact this. I remember going home and listening to it, putting it in my Walkman and listening to it until the sun came up. I just listened to it all fucking night. It you was could like, that album. You could. Yeah, it was cool. <clears throat> all right. So you know what? I'm bringing verses on if I can. Gotta. But here's, here's this brings up. Oh, okay. So I want to wrap up what we were saying before, though. Um, uh, Stan's question? Yeah. All right. So you're saying. I would have the same affection for Nirvana. Absolutely. So you don't think that they would be able to wear you out? Like, like I'm not saying that that could have never happened. Can I give you a really good example? Yeah, yeah. And this might be a better example for me than for you. All right. But um, another band when we were very young that hit us really hard and really changed the way we looked at shit was Green Day. Right. I haven't listened to a fucking Green Day album. I can't tell you the last Green Day album I, I listened to. I like honestly. Right, but did you lose affection for Green Day because of that? I haven't lost affection for, let's say, Dookie. Like I'll still listen to Dookie, but yeah, I have. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like you'll never for those albums that you love. You'll no matter what happens to Green Day, you'll never love those albums any less, would you? Right, but the but the the band Green Day. I don't give a fuck. Here's here's what I'm saying: is Green Day mm. has played. Uh, so he's talking, and you're talking basically about the relevance of the band how you look at the band 
You see what I'm saying? So like, so Dang. so 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 like with Green Day, it's, t- it's tough. To, we it's we tough to we love we loved Green Day. We 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 got we we that's a story for another time. But we like accidentally got to see them like really really young before yeah. they even blew up and stuff. Kind of changed our 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 perception of shit. That's kind of when we were like, okay, we should really get into this punk. It thing was the or best thing I ever seen in my life. But but what I'm saying is now for that band that had such a uh, such a, a big influence on me when I was a child. They they play they play all the fucking time. I don't give a shit. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying oh, tickets because right, we see don't want to go to Giant Stadium to see them. Whatever. I also don't want to hear them play songs off their last four albums because right. I don't give a fuck about them yeah, or yeah. six albums because I guess they put three out yeah. at the same time or whatever. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if Nirvana was to do that, would you feel the same way as, about Nirvana? You know, like it could is there another world where Kurt Cobain is still alive? They've now put out another six albums. They're playing at Madison Square Garden tonight, and me and you are doing this podcast instead of going seeing Nirvana. You see what I'm saying? I yeah. think that's I think that's an that's yeah. an actual thing. Okay, yeah, of course, yeah, that is an actual thing. But at that point, it's another thing that it's tough to look through those eyes because number one, me and you have never gotten to see Nirvana right. live. Right. Right. So Green Day, we've seen live more times than fucking anything. Probably more times than probably as mm. more as many times as the fucking Souls. You know what mm, I mean? I don't know, but yeah, we saw them a lot. We saw them. We saw them enough to where they ain't, they ain't surprising us. You know what I mean? We know we know what they're yeah, made of. You right. know what I mean? I stopped going to see them on Nimrod. Was the last album I saw them play. We actually went to go see them play for American Idiot. Oh, that was at the one Giant at Giant Stadium. Stadium, and it was horrible. And yeah, we were like, it was let's terrible. get the fuck. Uh, you know what? You know what? That remember we were requesting like Stewart and the Avenue and fucking yeah, but tight we, Wad Hill. <laughs> we were we were seventeen miles I away. Know, but that was a joke. You know what I mean? We went it was from so like commercial. We, we went from standing uh, basically on stage watching them when they were yeah. eight, eighteen years old, the Stone yeah. Pony, to being like a mile away. And let me tell you that 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 show at Madison Square Garden, which I was skeptical about going to anyway, because I hate those big arena shows. It's just kind of not even worth it. Yeah, the sound sucks. You Pyrotechnics can't see over Billy. Joe. That is exactly what happened they fucking came out they were playing this was you're right this was american idiot time because they were playing one of the songs off american yeah, idiot yeah. and th- and I will, i'll never forget the point where i was just like okay i'm not a green day fan anymore is billy joe jumped up in the air did the pete townsend fucking windmill on his guitar <laughs> and then landed in a split and then like fireworks <laughs> went and i was like Okay, not a Green Day fan anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> he did, and fuck, and fireworks went off, and I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sitting here in this giant arena watching this fucking hack band play these fucking songs. Like you could come play Christie Road right now, I still won't fucking care. Holy shit! No, the Pete Townsend windmill into a split, split. and as the split hit fire. <laughs> Yeah, it fucking happened and i remember i was after that i was like well, i'm gonna go get a beer i think i went and smoked a cigarette and just like hung out and couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there i'm glad that hit you so hard that so the greatest shit ever so who's to say the windmill who, <laughs> who's to say that there isn't a part there isn't an alternate universe where fucking billy joe's in the ground and billy joe blew his face <laughs> over the oh, god <laughs> He was all depressed. And it's, oh, fuck. And, and yeah, and then we went and we saw Kurt Cobain do a split. And then I said, fuck that, I'm out of here. Kurt Cobain does the windmill into the split with pyrotechnics. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the dead air. Holy shit. Pull yourself together. Holy shit. Um, okay, so, all right. So yeah, I think that I think that that what Stan uh, wrote is a very valid question, and I don't think you could. T- I don't think we have the mindset to be able to tell that. You could say that you think one way, but until bands are around forever, you know. Another example I was going to say before is the Rolling Stones is the same thing, man. They've just been around forever, and yeah, you look at like Exile and Main Street and Sticky Fingers and stuff, and you love those albums. <laughs> but have you given a shit about the Rolling Stones in the last twenty years? <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. So I don't know. I know. I think as much as I love Nirvana, are you still laughing at this? Billy Joe doing the windmill into the smoke. It fucking happened, dude. This is this is great. Into the split, man. I'm glad that happened at the end of American Idiot. He did a bunch of like arm pokes, like yeah. Looking like Terrence and Philip. (laughs) (laughs) 
right. I'm glad. I'm glad that we at least gave the audience ten minutes of a fine pre-written <laughs> bit sorry. in the beginning of this show because we are fucking laughing into the microphone oh is not God. a podcast. That is the funniest thing going right now. Holy shit! Oh fucking hell! Oh, I'm crying. Um, yeah, that was it for me, man. So I don't I know. Don't blame you, man. That is. I just pictured it a thousand times, and that is sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so like Nickelodeon, you know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I don't know. <laughs> and he's wearing eyeliner and shit. <laughs> oh my god, you just not rocketed. Um I can't even take a sip. So anyway, thank oh, you, Stan, for emailing us that question. And and that yeah. and I've had this conversation before. Um probably to like great lengths when I was stoned and shit, boring everybody, like, hey man, do you fucking blah blah But another thing that you brought you brought up by talking to uh about Pearl Jam and, and Nirvana is a point that I've always had. I think I, I'm sure that I've I've said this to you before. <laughs> What? I'm not Billy Joe doing a split. I know. I just Look into my eyes. I tried and I couldn't stop Um, I'm just going to put myself ahead here. Uh, I'm sorry. You have it all pent up for trying not to laugh during that I'm bit. Trying, I'm trying. Okay. Um, my contention that I've had for a very long time is, and this is only major label releases. There might be some bands that it works for that have been on a minor, uh, you know, like independent labels their whole record, their whole career or whatever. But on major label releases, it's my contention, don't laugh again, is, God, that, so uh, is that the second album is always the better album. Yeah. Oh, the sophomore effort. Yeah, is yeah. always the better album. Yeah. They well, because they always try. You know what I mean? That that's always like the make it or break it thing. If your second album's good, you're gonna last. If your second album sucks, you're done. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. There's a couple exceptions uh, that I guess you could say maybe even prove the rule or whatever. But I guess Green Day could be considered a good one on a. Uh, on a major label point of view, not well, I, it's, it's yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's always their major labels. So, okay. so like Green Day, okay, yeah, definitely was not as big as Dookie that Insomniac Coke album. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's you're saying that's an exception. That's an exception. I mean, I love that record, right. but I'm saying like to the masses, I think that you know that. But would you say was... would you say Insomniac is better than Dookie? Uh, I don't think I would. No, yeah, I, don't I wouldn't I would. say that. It's but, it's in its own world. That's what I like about it. It's just you know. Yeah, no, I get that's it. That's a different band right there. Almost, you know right. what I mean. But would you say that uh, In Utero is better than Nevermind? I would say yeah. so, hands down. Yeah, I absolutely. think that it's just a completely. I mean, oh, it's the way it's recorded and everything. Yeah, it's, it's just in the songs and everything. Yeah. And would you say that Versus is better than Ten? Yeah, I would say so. Mm. I, there, you know, I used to have so many more examples in this. You know, I'm trying to think of like major label band. Here's another band. Well, no, actually, that that's an exception, and and a lot of people disagree with this. Actually, I don't know which one. I was gonna say uh, Thrice, but uh, actually, that might that well, might consider their second record, Illusion of Safety. No, well, that's here's what I'm gonna say with Thrice. Is that they had the first album? Um, I even forget the name of it. Identity Crisis. That was yeah, like that's oh, considered their first. No, album. no. Well, that's that's a very independent album. Okay. I would say Illusion of Safety is number one because I'm pretty sure that was just that's considered their first album on a ma- on a big label. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Just like okay. just like du- like Kerplunk and the Thousand Thirty Nine Sleepy Sophie Hours right. and then Dookie, right? So you have Illusion of Safety and then you have Artists in the Ambulance, mm-hmm. which is a better album. Illusion of safety. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah. But there is a shit ton of people out there. I, I get more, it, for people that are Thrice fans, I get more arguments about this than anything. Really? People love. I thought that's no question. That Artist in the Ambulance album. I think that is their by they far their that least, album. that is their least fit, favorite album of mine. Uh, For me? What came out after Artist in the Ambulance? Well, then. The, you? N- no. Well, yeah. As Well, then they did that weird thing where they did the elements like they were playing a fucking yeah. Final Fantasy game. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. thought that kind of stunk. I, for some reason, I I thought that wasn't considered one of their records. I don't know why. Well, it is kind of. Oh, they have that record that's like half and half. Like, what was that all about? I don't know. It was like two different sections, like not side A or side B, but like major uh, minor. Maybe that was it. That was their last album. That was, Wait, last but yeah, that was like whatever. The, I'm gonna that was their I that was, was thrice playing nineties songs, and then Beggars was was thrice trying to play Tom Waits songs, which is I'm not making fun okay. of. That was amazing. And then fucking you know, whatever. But what I'm saying is that people love artists in the ambulance. They consider yeah. so that is kind I've of heard that, too. that is kind of the rule there. Like, you know, it's the second album, the second effort, people like yeah. that still like that the most. I personally don't. You gotta put as much effort as you got into that record yeah i think that's what it is and you know first albums i think you know 
it's almost if you look at it this way, it almost makes sense. Like you take a band that's signed to a major, they cut, they put out their first album. They're taking all the songs they got, whether they just wrote them or whether they wrote them years ago when they were. They're gonna pick all their like freshest shit. You know what I mean? All their nicest shit for you know the first I mean? album. Yeah, yeah. So it could it could be all over the road. But then again, that's what displays a band's talent. That's what's gonna show their originality. That's gonna show their style because it's gonna be all their their personal favorites that they piece together for that first record. So of course it's gonna show their style. And if it shows their style well, they get the second record. And when they get the second record, that's when they're like fucking established as a band. They've been through the studio. They see what works. They know where they want to go. And they just put it all into that record. Right. And if it hits. They're good. If it doesn't, they suck, you know? Yeah, but I like think... Pack mo- your shit and go home. <laughs> yeah, and I guess... I mean, it does make sense. Like, there are bands that are just one-hit wonders, and that's, you know, probably yeah. why. Mm-hmm. But but I'm talking of bands that are, like, prominent that have been around for a very long time. I've always... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've always just seen that. Oh, I thought you were talking about, like, the sophomore effort. No, I am. But oh, that's okay. what I'm saying. Like, but you have, they have to be around long... Like, like there is, there's some fucking bands out there that maybe made a second album... But we don't know about it because it wasn't that great. And then they went away. Oh, here's another example. Weezer. I think Pinkerton's a better album than the Blue Album. Oh, definitely, yeah. You know? Um, I, I, if, if we kept talking about this, I could come up with a million. Weezer fun. is a whole conversation in itself. Right. Oh, that whole record. Well, that was that was another thing. Like, like uh, the, the Pinkerton album... You know that that bomb that was that was know, that was yeah. not a you know and yeah, that even he got like, real depressed over that. yeah right and and there's actually like uh, there's actually a review that you could read in Rolling Stone where they just panned the shit out of that album and everything really? because it was that same kind of thing that I was talking about with the Ghetto Kids where everybody wanted the Blue Album Part Two they gave them this kind of weirder more kind of like uh, you know out there you know a, hard, a little bit harder a little bit looser the songs and you know he's singing about being in love with a, a, an underage Asian chick or yeah, you know yeah. and all this shit and and people were just like oh this isn't the sweater song right you know so we don't right. like this now if you talk to anybody now and you say what's your favorite uh weezer album they're all like pinkerton pinkerton's yeah. the best pinkerton's the best mm. when that album came out people fucking I, hate it i did hate notice it. little bits here and there of pinkerton getting praises you know like that you never seen before yeah well they used and to I'm not seeing like critics are liking it and they're giving all this credit it's well now like, yeah. you would have never seen that before yeah now it's and it's cons- happening today yeah, <laughs> like as we speak that's what i'm saying it's, it's now it's now considered their best album and rightfully so be- shit's weird man because the music on it is their best music so yeah, i'm not going to deny that Love but that but when i you know we're old enough to remember when that album came out and, yeah. and it was not it was not like it was it was you know the the remember the video for el scorcho like nobody like like i didn't even know el scorcho had a video yeah yeah and they even got they even got up into that kind of fast punk beat in the middle of that and shit and like, bit. like they always to, throw that in to me i was like this is awesome you know, um, I think they throw uh, the forbidden beat on every record at least once. Really? Where yeah. is it on the blue album? Um, you take your car. It's a variation of oh, it. Okay. You know, they they slam down on every record. Okay. For sure. Well, I know one thing that Weezer does on almost not only only every record, but almost every song is the patented fucking build up on the snare and toms. Oh, always a build. Always a build. Sometimes he'll build on straight cymbals. Sometimes. Um, so anyway, that's that. That is my my theory, and, and I don't know if that relates to you, the the home listener. If you think about the albums that you love and the bands that you love, but for some reason, the second album always seems. And it's weird, like you said, because because there are the first album is kind of just a culmination of probably songs that they've been playing for ten fucking yeah. years, and the club's working out. Yeah. And then the next album, they have a year or two to write these songs, and you know. But for some reason, I don't know. I have no idea. I guess you know they they take all their. All their big classics, and that's all they had left. You know what I mean? And they were like, fuck, we got nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they empty their whole stable into right. album number one. Then they're like, shit, where do we go from here? I guess so. Yeah. Well, that's Muzak. True. Yeah. How's, um, I know, uh, so you've been going through some stress with this whole thing? Oh, uh, yeah. Nah, I'm fine. I'm yeah. Fine. It hasn't affected your goal nah. by any means? Nah, nah. That's good to hear. Yeah. I got some uh I got some emails kind of uh fucking um you know it, I always get emails with concern about you you know because uh, people are, are are invested in in your in your recovery. Yeah, well no, everything's all good. Yeah? Yeah. Nothing new to report? Nah. We're getting dangerously close to Christmas. Yeah, it's getting close. I, I guess uh, <laughs> I, I guess um I guess after this podcast cuz the next one we'll do would be on Tuesday. And um, I guess we're going to have to start using Christmas movies in the beginning of the next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I got an idea for one. What's that? You want me to tell you? 
Well, what's what's your <laughs> what's your favorite uh, Christmas film of all time? Um, uh, it's tough, but Die Hard's up there. Okay, so that's a thing that people debate if whether what? whether Die Hard's a Christmas film or it's not. Of course, it is. I believe it is too. Yeah, but I've heard people debate otherwise that it's not. I mean, it takes place during Christmas, yeah. but Christmas isn't the main theme of the out, of the uh, fucking movie. You know what I mean? Well, uh, Christmas is what makes the situation what it is. Okay. No. I'm, if I'm, it wasn't Christmas, then they're just going to have to say, uh, Ellis got a promotion, and that's why they're having a party on the 30th floor. <laughs> yeah, right. No, <laughs> so Ellis could do mad coke and make a stupid face while he drinks Coca-Cola. <laughs> Before he gets shot in the head. <laughs> Over lying. What a fucking idiot. Ellis, you are fucking dumb. What, tell me the scene again. You you are you are much more obsessed with Die Hard than I am. Oh my god! I've seen so it like two or three times. You've seen so it eighteen many. billion times. So it's just good scene after good scene. There's not one bad scene. Like if you like analyze every clip the camera takes during Die Hard, it's all good shots. There's right. not one bad shot in right. that movie. But anyways, it's uh that's definitely when Ellis is like, you know what? There's like. 30 fucking rails of coke and he's like i'm gonna take care of this myself oh yeah (laughs) and he's like i don't know who's gonna get us killed first your husband or them (laughs) and he fucking buttons his shit up and goes to talk to hans (laughs) what a fucking cokehead i you know i I, it's blasphemy and i know it i know what i'm about to say is blasphemy to to diehard fans but i don't think diehard one's my favorite diehard what do you like three with yeah, Sam Jackson? I don't. I love it, and it's I know crafty. It's, but I it's know. Not, it, no. I know. I know. I know. I'm being like you know. You know <clears throat> I, I I'm not being true to the Die Hard series, but I'm not the biggest fan of the Die Hard movies. Uh-huh. I, but I do like them or whatever. But but I don't think I've even saw two. Two's the one like on the plane Sucks. or something. Yeah. It's terrible. But There's so three, many holes in that movie. Three was a great movie. Mm-hmm. That's the Die Hard's a perfect example where they push for that sophomore effort. It just failed. Yeah. yeah. Well, most. Movies, uh, uh, movies this, do the yeah. second one. Yeah, there, that's a little phenomenon. There's been, uh, I we could probably count the amount of sequels of movies that are better than the first one on one hand. I don't even can't even think of like uh, Term- Fletch Lives. Yeah, okay, I think Fletch Lives is better than yeah. Fletch. Um, I was gonna say Terminator is debatable. You know, a lot of people think the Terminator Two is better than Terminator One. I like Terminator Two better than Terminator. A lot of people do. I don't know if I do or not. You know, that's mm-hmm. another one of those franchises, kind of like Die Hard, that I really don't. I've seen them all. Yeah. Oh, I don't care about Terminator. I don't care about I'm them that much. I, I would pick two over. Um. Sure. Yeah, I guess. And maybe I just, you know, I'm just gonna pick two because um, they played Guns N' Roses. On definitely them. Home Alone One over Home Alone Two. Okay. Um. Both Christmas see. movies, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go Christmas here. Um, well, I'll tell you my favorite Christmas film of all time mm-hmm. is uh, Scrooged. I love Scrooge. Obviously. It was on last night. Actually, yeah. Yeah. greatest. I mean, I love Scrooge. Uh, that that is a. Th- there's two Christmas kind of things that I do every year. Scrooge is definitely one of them, and then the um, the Muppets, not the Muppets Christmas Carol. The hour. Oh, really? I love that one. I love it too. Yeah, and I will watch that. But the hour long Muppets special that um, they aired back, I think it was in the early '90s, maybe even the '80s, where it's all the Muppets. It's like Muppets, Fraggle Rock, and uh, and Sesame Street, and they all go to Fozzie Bear's mom's house for Christmas. I thought that was the one with the ice patch. Yeah, watch the ice patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. That's not Muppets Christmas Carol. No, Christmas Carol is they actually do the Christmas Carol with the, uh, with the you know, like Scrooge. Oh like, yeah, 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 that's nice. But no, I like the the one yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Like they all go to pot. that's yeah. hilarious. I have that on like VHS tape. I think I we saw that in the movies, didn't I, we? I never came out. Movies was on TV. Really, I yeah. thought we saw that in the movies. Yeah. And Did I think, we see a Muppets in the movies when we were like eighth grade? I don't know, probably. I think that was it. But you could see if anybody wants to. If nobody, I'm sure a lot of you have seen this Muppets uh, Christmas special. You're talking about Fozzie's moms. Yeah, yeah. Oh my I forget God. exactly Amazing. what it's called. And they're all waiting for the chef to bring the uh, the ducks or whatever or the chicken. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, yeah, the Swedish chef. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, one of my favorite Christmas things of all time. You could see it. I think it's on YouTube. I think I found it on YouTube, and that's how I've been watching it the past few years. But but great and. Let me say this um, off of that is that I have had since this came out, uh, I'm going to try to double double uh, task multitask here and find out when uh, when exactly it came out. But the number one song that I've had stuck in my head and not even during Christmas my whole life. A Christmas song? It is a Christmas song. All right. Um, I hope you're not going to say that certain song. What song? That Paul McCartney Christmas song? No, 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 no. Thank God. No, it's a Christmas standard, if you will. All right. I've had it stuck in my head. It's the number one song that I've had stuck in my head. For Is it Melekalikimaka? Nah. <laughs> it's it's Jingle Bell Rock. All right. Has been stuck in my head since since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Every day of my life, if I'm brushing my teeth or That's doing crazy. something mundane, I'm always like... Ding, 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 ding. That's crazy. But 
it's not it's not like a Bing Crosby or whatever version of Jingle Bell Rock. It's the j- version of Jingle Bell Rock that they play in that special with the Muppets with with uh, Doctor Tooth and his band because <laughs> they play it all together and they have like this big jam out in the thing. And I guess when I was a kid watching that, I loved so much that all the Muppets were rocking the fuck out. Damn, that Jingle awesome. Bell Rock got stuck in my fucking head. You know what? There's songs that always make their way into my head that you know what I mean. You find yourself jamming to in your mind. You know, I'm sure there's like you know one or two songs that always come back to me well have you life. had a song that's been stuck in your head your whole life i'm sure and it will come to me and i'll be like this is it you know because it, it always, like i said it always comes back you know there'll always be a time where you think about the song you've always thought of okay you know? it's a a muppet family christmas is, is what it's called right. it, was, it was released in 1987 really and you most certainly could go on youtube and watch it and it, yeah it was a straight to tv thing but, That's uh, awesome. But yeah, it's everybody together, and and they're, and Fozzie Bear has a uh, like a little Abbott and Costello thing he does with a snowman and shit. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it's good times. It's, I love that movie. Yeah, it's fucking good. But um, yeah, uh, Scrooge is definitely. So anyway, yeah, we're I guess we're gonna have to start getting a little bit more into the Christmas spirit. Although it's yeah. it's hard to get into the Christmas spirit when it's fucking sixty seven degrees outside. Yeah. Today is December twelfth. And I rode my bike for 20 miles wearing shorts and a t-shirt. It was very yeah, that's weird. That's nice. That's nice. Though. Yeah, it's good. I don't know if uh, I don't know about global warming or El Nino or whatever, but <laughs> I enjoy it. That's Spanish for the Nino. Mm, I saw joke. Dirty Work. That old bag. I saw Dirty Work this morning. Chris Farley kills in that show movie oh that's one of my favorite scenes of all time when he's like when when they're about he acts to live in his apartment no no i was gonna say dude oh my god i couldn't breathe when uh so funny when they're about to get into the brawl at the bar or whatever and he's like he's like rolling stones street fighting man oh yeah yeah. (laughs) and they're like you hit g8 if you like pina coladas (laughs) and they gotta fight for that shit dude when he's like when he's sitting at the bar with norm mcdonald and norm mcdonald's like uh you know, tell him how hard time he's having. And Chris Farley's like, anything you need, I'm your man. Just tell me what you need. And Norm McDonald's like, uh, can I stay stay at your place? And in the same breath, Farley's like, see, the problem is this. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes in this long spiel about his roommate <laughs> who has some type of weird gout and shit on his knee. He's like, that thing's getting pretty right. <laughs> and he's like saying how he had to get off. All this surgery, and Norm's like, all right, I get it, I get it. And the last thing probably says is, you see his feet bleed. <laughs> and Norm McDonald's like, I don't want to stay at your place. <laughs> he just keeps trying to make excuses because his roommate is bleeding feet. That's the uh, one where he got his nose bit off by, by the feet. Saigon yeah, Horror. Yeah, yeah, Saigon Holy shit, hilarious. man, that conversation at the bar, was, that was, I was dying. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's getting pretty ripe. <laughs> Rich, uh, it is seven o'clock on the Swatch Watch, yeah. my friend. We got to get going we to this concert. Get so I'm sorry to anybody who was expecting a awkward high five uh, podcast last night, but here it is. There, we are back on track. Uh, we will, there will be another one on um, Tuesday. Yep. And uh, any last words? No, I'm um, not that you're dying. Yeah, but. no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Um, if uh, well I was going to say if you're going to Starland tonight but by the time you hear this it'll be over with so Um, yeah okay so we will see you guys on Tuesday thanks for listening oh uh, if you haven't go on iTunes and um, leave that review leave a review we definitely we got a few more reviews thank you if you left a review and you want yeah cool and you want you want to email me your address I will send you stickers and then once there is 100 reviews we're going to have our 100 review party where Richie's going to swallow goldfish yeah also if you are on Twitter Twitter, please follow us at awkward hi number five at Twitter, um, so that we could get more pre-show conversations going on. I just on. fixed my phone. I'm a genius. Really? <laughs> anyway, In your tight white dress. Oh, you want to bring us out with a live performance? Yeah, there was. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Awkward Hi-Fi podcast. We will see you in a few short days. Thanks for listening to the Awkward High Five podcast. For more episodes, visit awkwardhighfive.com.